This episode of Tales from the Backlog is brought to you by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash realdavejackson. Some personal heroes of mine like Chris Nelson, the Top 3 Podcast Crew, Zolgeek, Colby Moyer, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Jill, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, JD, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, and many more have all gone to patreon.com slash realdavejackson to kick me a few bucks and support the show. I appreciate all of you very much, and you, listener, can be just like them. All patrons of the show get bonus episodes, voting on games to appear on the show, and much more. Once again, that's patreon.com slash realdavejackson. Any and all support is always appreciated. And with that being said, let us get on with the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm joined by a guest to bring a game out of the backlog and talk about our experiences with it. My guest today is a friend of the show, founder and one of the many hosts on the Save the Game Media Network, a real rock star, Kevin Ainsworth. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Um, I'm always happy to come on and, and just chat games, and you chose a really good one to talk Hell about, yeah. so I'm really excited to, <laughs> to sit down with you tonight. My, uh, my relief uh, of you saying that it's a really good game is uh, is palpable right now. We didn't talk about this before uh, doing this, so um, I appreciate you coming on. It's been a long time coming to get you on the show. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Hi-Fi Rush, uh, but before we get into Hi-Fi Rush, I do want to give you the customary time at the beginning of the show. I said you're one of the founders of Save the Game Media, which is uh, a, a network encompassing many podcasts and YouTube channels. So uh, tell everybody about it. What's going on there? Yeah, so we have a YouTube channel, uh, Save the Game Media. You can find it and you'll find all the video versions of our shows there and our game reviews because we do do reviews. Um, some day one, uh, we're lucky enough to get some codes from from some publishers. So, mm-hmm. um, But the big draw is probably our podcast network. As you said, we have um, an Xbox show, which I'm the host of, called Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast. And then we also have a plethora of other shows if you're interested in anything video game nerd culture related you can probably find it over there we have um, a show called frame by frame which is a film tv anime podcast anything on your screen you'll find over there we have a show called i hate my friends which is more of a conversational (laughs) podcast between Uh the hosts of the network Uh, we'll each bring topics and just just hang out for an hour it's like a catch up with friends but discussing the most random stuff in the world and then Mm -hmm. we have uh, no limits a playstation podcast to to round out and we do have some other monthly shows and some patreon exclusive content over there for our for our patrons so we we offer quite a lot of content over on save the game media and we're always looking for new community members to come on over and hang out with us and just have fun Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just um, joined your Discord server pretty recently. Uh, it's a cool place to hang out. Everyone's real friendly and chill in there. It's a good time. 
And um, the 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 show of yours that I listen to most often is Project X Talk. Um, and uh, I say this to everybody who does this, but like um, I listen to mostly the reviews of like Game Pass games or new Xbox games that I don't know anything about. And you guys are often doing stuff like that. And I appreciate everyone who does that, um, checking out those new games, indies and stuff like that. Um, I think you you all are doing great work and there is more content than one person could ever consume over there. So you got you got all the bases covered. That's true. It's it's basically six, five to six days a week you'll have a podcast for almost right. to listen to. Uh, yep. So if, I don't know who has uh, seven plus hours to commit to <laughs> one network's podcast. You know, it's uh, it's a lot of people. Well, you are covering um, a lot of different niches in gaming. So if you're a PlayStation player, you got no limits. If you're an Xbox player, you got Project X Talk. There's a lot of stuff. So um you can check down in the show notes, listeners, for a link to uh, where to find all of these shows on Save the Game. And uh, we'll do a little bit more plugs later in the show. But for now, I'll just say, check it out. They're doing good work. And like I said at the beginning, today we're going to talk about Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush is a rhythm action game developed by Tango Gameworks, published by Bethesda for PC and Xbox series consoles in 2023. Uh, spoiler policy for the episode, if you have not played Hi-Fi Rush, have no fear. We're not going to spoil the story for you in the non-spoiler section of the show. If you want to tap out at the spoiler wall, you'll find a timestamp down in the show notes uh, where you can get out and avoid the spoilers. This is a game where the story is not the most important thing, though. Um, I, this is very gameplay focused for me personally. Uh, so we are going to talk a lot about that gameplay and then... Um, some story talk in the spoiler section. So if you don't know what Hi-Fi Rush is, a little elevator pitch for you. I wrote uh, Devil May Cry meets an accessible rhythm game. Kevin, how about you? So the way I like to describe Hi-Fi Rush is that if you've seen the movie Scott Pilgrim versus the world, mm-hmm. it's basically that with action combat thrown in um (laughs) it's it's that humor it's that style of game so if that didn't click with you you might not really like the story of this game but then you have that action as you said devil may cry combat really rounds it out yep um this took me about 10 hours to beat uh not a lot of like post-game content although there is quite a bit more content you can go back in and do if you want to um how about you how how long did this take you I think I rolled credits around nine-ish hours, so not much Mm -hmm. quicker than you did. Um, I was playing on easy mode, um, Mm -hmm. just for the record. I I have no shame playing on baby mode. As as you should not. (laughs) Yeah, so it it was around nine hours. I think it's the right length for this style of game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, This, it requires a lot of focus during combat and stuff. if you want to like really dig into the rhythm game stuff, it would have started to drag if it were much longer than it was. I agree. Uh, so getting into some personal histories with Hi-Fi Rush, um, what was it that made you want to play this? I mean, I know you're the host of an Xbox podcast, and this is a notable day one Game Pass shadow drop game, but you might not play everything that drops on Game Pass day one. So what was it about this? 
Yeah, so I, I definitely don't play everything that drops on Game Pass Day One. My my co-host <laughs> loves to dive into basically everything gets added to the service, but for me, I'm a little more picky. Like my Xbox, gonna be honest, hasn't even been on in about a month. But I uh, <laughs> I wanted to check out Hi-Fi Rush because we were live reacting to the developer direct where this was revealed. And immediately I was like, this game, I loved the colors. I loved the humor. Everything about it screamed to me something I would be into. And I was I was a little concerned because I'm not a rhythm-based combat style guy. Like I tried um, Metal Hellsinger. That's another game yeah. that's one of those rhythm-based uh, shooting games. And I could not play it. So I was a little concerned going into this one. But I was like, you know what? I like Tango. Um, they put out Ghostwire Tokyo last year, which I really enjoyed. It wasn't my favorite game. I think there's some flaws in it. But I wanted to give their smaller project and something that wasn't a horror like their other projects a chance for once. So mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised when I jumped in and I was like, this was right from the get-go exactly what i wanted it didn't punish you for being off beat it was really fun action the humor hit every single time so uh, i was just really interested as you said host an xbox show I, i like to check out their big titles at least especially because they are on game pass but this one was something special man yeah for me it was it was partly the shadow drop like I think the shadow drop worked worked really well to like drum up excitement for it um, during that kind of that direct that they were doing, but I didn't want to play it just based on that. And I have never played a game by Tango. I didn't play Ghostwire Tokyo or the uh, the Evil Within. I think they mm-hmm. did too. Yep. Um, so I don't have any history with this developer. I don't have any history with Shinji Mikami, who's the biggest name associated, except for Resident Evil Four. That's basically it. Uh, so it was more just like that shadow drop happened. And then like the next day and then the next day I started to see more and more people on Twitter and in discord servers and stuff, basically saying like, Hey, like the initial shock is over. This game is just really fucking good. You should play this. And I was like, Oh, okay. And it's right there on game pass. So why not, you know, fire it up. If it sucks, I'll stop playing, but it did not suck. This game rules. Yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned this because I always I've said for a long time now that Xbox has struggled to have a game that really captured the zeitgeist of mm-hmm. like the yeah. internet. And you see that in other like Nintendo's had that. They have it coming up with uh Tears of the Kingdom. PlayStation obviously has had that. They've had The Last of Us be a huge success that just this year they had Ragnarok last year, like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. They've had those zeitgeist moments. Xbox hasn't had that in a while. So when you saw people blowing up about how good this game was, day of the shadow drop, after the shadow, I'm like, okay, maybe this is just like an excitement thing. It's going to die down. As you Mm -hmm. said, it didn't die down. It was like a week later, people were still talking about Hi-Fi Rush. And I was was playing at that point, so I understood. But I was like, this is what you need, the hype, and then to back it up with quality because – this game took everyone by surprise and it deserves it. It's it's still, I think, the highest rated game of the year or one of the highest rated games of the year. Mm-hmm. So bravo to, to Tango for really capturing the moment there. Yeah, just to get into some real quick opening thoughts, a little tease for the big deep dive coming. But um, I agree. I think this game is really, really good. It strikes me as having like some real indie game energy from a bigger company. I mean, this very obviously was like someone at the top of this company thought 
I have a really cool idea for a game and it's not like anything else that's out there in the AAA landscape. Um, and I, I think I did read that they were sitting on this idea for a long time trying to get it made. And it shows that they've spent a lot of time thinking about how to do this right. Because the big thing that struck me when I was playing is that not only is this game fun, but it's super tightly designed. And there are so many things in the design that help you play a rhythm action game. Like imagine playing Bayonetta or Devil May Cry, but not being allowed to button mash, which is how I play those games. That's what this is, but they they did it really fucking well. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, I, I think you summed it up perfectly with, this is a passion project. You can yeah. tell from the get-go that this isn't a AAA game, uh, despite coming from a AAA studio. This is a, and, and the price point reflected that. I think it was $30, which helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's Steam reception, certainly. People were buying it left and right over there. But you can tell that this was something that the, I, I think it was uh, John Jonas over there at, um, at Tango, he just wanted to make a game that was from something different for the studio. I think they Mm -hmm. talked about they don't want to be pigeonholed into we're the horror studio. And this really helped them break out of that. Now people Mm -hmm. are like, okay, this is a studio that can do horror, but they can also do something else. They can be original and, and I don't think anyone expected this from them. And I love, love that they pulled it off so well because it could have, it could have been bad, right? Like this game (laughs) could have come out and it could have been one of those rhythm games that's like it, it doesn't feel good to play. The movement's stiff or like it's too punishing on the the timing. And it isn't any of those things. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so forgiving and rewarding to play. Like it's forgiving enough for people who are bad at this to still have a good time, but rewarding enough that if you get good it's gonna feel amazing yep exactly so that is a good way to uh open up with some thoughts and we're going to take a little music break a big thing this game's the music so enjoy some then when we come back we're going to set up the story So in Hi-Fi Rush, you play as Chai, who's a 25-year-old man uh, with a disabled right arm and a dream to become a rock star. Uh, it's a little tease for just the kind of like energy and vibe that this game's story is working with. Um, Chai goes to this uh, company called Vandalay Technologies, nice Seinfeld reference there, to volunteer for something called Project Armstrong to get a strong new arm, um, a cybernetic <laughs> limb. Uh, so during Chai's operation, uh, there's a kind of mistake where the Vandalay president named Kale, everyone's named after some kind of food in this game, uh, Kale throws away Chai's MP3 player and it falls into his chest somehow uh, and gets embedded in there during the process. So now after the operation, Chai can feel a musical connection with his surroundings And uh, Chai is labeled a defect. The company is going to try and sweep this accident under the rug. And they set out to basically kill Chai 
and you have to escape. So you team up with a couple of friends, um, a robot cat named 808 and a woman named Peppermint, uh, along with a couple others that you'll meet throughout the game. Uh, you learn about this evil plot that this big corporation has, and you're off. You're set to uh, to take them down. And that's kind of the story set up. And just want to get your thoughts about, number one, did you enjoy the story? Was it fun? Uh, and number two, how did you feel about the kind of overall vibe of the story? Because it's like, it's it's not a serious capitalism critique, you know? Yeah, I... I liked the story for what it was, and I'm glad they didn't. It, it's silly. It's a silly yeah, concept. It's, silly. it's fun, though. It could have been like the overly serious or something that wasn't really lending itself to matching the the music and the art style. But instead, they know what the tone of this game is. I decided at the beginning, it's 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 very much a Scott Pilgrim-esque tone when you've got mm-hmm. things going on here. It's it's some awkward humor. It's it's just the funny silliness of things, like how cool can you be in kind of a, a lame way almost. Um, yeah. I like the story well <laughs> enough. It didn't, it, it's not going to blow anyone away. It's not going to win any writing critique or writing awards there, but I, I really enjoyed my time with it. It's it's fun. It's a fun yeah. story. Yeah, it's got big like Saturday morning cartoon vibes. You know, if you were to watch um, a, a cartoon that is, you know, has those things, for, you know, how cartoons will be like enjoyable for kids, but also have something there for the adults. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the vibe that this game has too. Um, I guess we can just talk about the visuals and music right now because we're on the subject of cartoons. So it's drawn and animated like a cartoon or an anime or something. Like you said, it's got that really silly vibe to the game. Uh, it, it fits really, really well. It's a super colorful game. You mentioned that too. There's tons of detail as you're going around in the levels. Um, this is reflected in the gameplay too. So I'll mention this again, the detail in the levels. But I mean, hats off to the artists, the animators, Everything here is really, really well done, like artistically. Yeah, I mean, I one thing that always sticks out to me is you'll have those cinematics, right? Where it's you you can tell it's not gameplay, but it almost looks like it's still in engine game mm-hmm. yeah. uh, going on. But it very much gives you like, oh, I could I could watch a TV show of this game right now. Like that's, that's how good it looks. They it's popping off the page. It's comic booky at some points. Like I, I adore it. I adore the way this game looks. Yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. And the other part of the equation here with the presentation is the voice acting and the music. Um, I did not look up the voice cast, but they are professional. They're great. And this this is one of the things where I was playing and I was like, this game has real indie game energy, but they also seem like they paid for really good voice actors. They paid for licensed music, of course, too. But I, I want to shine a light on the voice actors for a second because they're great uh, playing these kind of cartoonish characters. Everybody's over the top, especially the villains in the game. 
Yeah, the um, I know the main uh, Chai, the main character, is voiced by Robbie Damon, which uh, he is very well known in in the voice acting community. Um, and for a game that I've been playing recently, even though I played it uh, subbed, the Legend of Heroes series, uh, Trails. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. He 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 ho- he voices Lloyd Bannings over there, but he's known for other stuff. He was um, he was in Fire Emblem Three Hopes. He's been in Horizon Forbidden West. Like he's a okay. he's very well known, and they, he, they, he's not the only one. Um, Peppermint is Erica Lindbeck, which she has a lot of pedigree as well. She was in Fire Emblem Engage. She was Captain Marvel in Midnight Suns. She was in Ragnarok. Mm. Like she she's been very successful, and and that is the kind of quality voice actors you're going to get throughout this entire game. They yep. didn't they didn't skip on Roger Craig Smith is the main. main antagonist in this game guys Mm -hmm. like you have quality here to match the stunning visuals and then the soundtrack Uh, if we if we're talking about that like original music some non-original like i thought that i was like okay they made music for this game like how good is it actually going to be and i love listening to the soundtrack to this game it is a blast yeah, so we've got licensed music from bands like the Black Keys, Nine Inch Nails, Flaming Lips, among others that I saw in the credits. Um, strangely, I didn't hear some of these. Um, I heard the Nine Inch Nails song uh, because that plays in a very prominent portion mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, but I don't remember hearing the Black Keys. I might have had the streamer mode turned on, which... Uh, puts in all the original songs so that streamers don't get copyright strikes on Twitch. I wasn't streaming on Twitch, but anyway, uh, (laughs) the licensed songs are good. And uh, the key thing here is that like most of the time as you're going through the levels and even during some of the boss fights, you have original music, which is also really fun. It's this kind of jam band rock type music uh, that, you know, it goes these missions can be like up to an hour long. And sometimes you'll be listening to the same song for most of that. And it was really good that that never really got old to me. It kind of fades in the background. And then when the action picks up, um, it it gets brought up like more intensity in the music. Um, just really well done. Yeah. I, I think there was a risk that like, oh, I'm going to have to hear the same songs over and over, which you don't luckily, but you do hear, as you said, the same song for quite a while because the levels can take quite, they take longer than you think they would. There are a few that are short in there in between, but there, there are Mm -hmm. definitely some long levels in this game. And if we, if we want to, what I, what I like about the game is how they blend the music to the combat. As you mentioned, when you get into a combat sequence, right? Like the music intensifies, but you've been hearing this track for 20, 30 minutes at this point. Like, you know, the rhythm, you know, the beat, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. And that I think is by design because in order to be successful in your combos and everything to nail it, you got to hit it along with the rhythm. You got to hit it with that beat. Mm-hmm. And since it's been drilled into you, it's almost second nature at a certain point where you're like, okay, this is the next, like, this is how the song goes. I'm mm-hmm. flowing now. I don't have to focus so much as hearing more so like visual cues or, or what's going on to try to improve those combos to get your juggling down, to get your parries. Uh, I just, I love the way it blends and makes you feel like you are rewarded for not only listening because you should be listening to this game, but also seeing what's on the screen. 
Yeah, that is a, a good time to just bring up how the combat works. So as you said, um, you're fighting along to the beat. This is a rhythm game um, at its core. So all of your swings, Chai has this guitar made up of spare parts that kind of conglomerate to make this guitar weapon that he swings. So your swings are on the beat of the songs that are playing. And they said that this was inspired by Edgar Wright movies, uh, Shaun of the Dead, stuff like that. Movies that really expertly match up music with action. It's one of my favorite things about them. So you're swinging along with the beat. And this is this could be like one of those things that if it was not done really well, it, it would have been terrible. But they made so many decisions in here. Uh, number one, to help people that are not great at rhythm games uh, or can't be great at rhythm games. And also to to turn like hitting on the beat into a bonus instead of like the necessity. So you can swing off the beat if you want to, or if you miss a beat because you button mash like me, uh, it's fine. You, you're not going to like, it's not like Guitar Hero where it doesn't work if you don't hit it on the beat. You'll still hit the enemy. You'll still do damage. Everything you do will still work. If you hit on the beat, you get a bonus. And if you hit, you know, a combo on the beat, then you'll get this um, kind of QTE for like the big finishing move of the combo. So you're being rewarded for hitting on the beat, not punished for missing the beat. And I think that's like the first decision that they made when doing this. We're like, we want to make a rhythm game, but um, it would really suck if we made this really difficult action game and punished people for missing rhythm too. Uh, so this is just a, a fantastic decision right off the bat. Yeah, th like I said, that was one of my big concerns because when I played like Metal Hellsinger, for example, yeah. if you weren't on beat, your gun wouldn't fire and then you're basically helpless. Here, yep. not the case where there were times, especially at the start, where I was nowhere near the beat and my combos were still coming out. It still felt fun to play and I was like, okay, this is encouraging me to keep going, to keep trying to figure it out. And then by the end of it, I had combos that were like my go-to where you would, you would ha mix in the light and heavy attacks. And one of my favorite favorite gameplay things they do in this is the air juggling i think it's so satisfying especially yeah. when you <laughs> you get those combos to knock enemies up and then you use that uh, almost a uh, tethering mechanic to pull yourself up mm -hmm. or to a different enemy and you can be in the air for 30 seconds at a time not touching the ground just destroying everything i absolutely like that is what's fun to me. And did I ever get like S ranks on, on stuff in combat or levels? No, but at the end of the game, I was hitting like B's and some A's. So it's like you see that progress. Like at, when I started, I was getting D's and terrible grading for timing and stuff. But then you improve and you get better because it, it just rewards you for, for wanting to even when you're even when you're not the best at these types of games. Right. Yeah. So that's why I made the devil may cry comparison in the elevator pitch, because it is combos. You can air juggle. Like you said, uh, there's a dodge, there's a parry, you get a grade after every like chapter that you go through and kind of like you, like I don't go for the high grades. I don't go for the high grades in, in like Bayonetta or games that don't have a rhythm aspect to them too. Um, but again, that the key thing is that let's say for five seconds, you just fuck up and you're just way off the beat. 
you're still doing damage. You can still dodge out of the way if something tries to hit you. You can still block. It's fine. You just don't get that bonus. Um, the other thing that makes this really, really great is all of the ways that they help you get back on the beat or stay on it in the middle of a long combo or something. Um, like you said, all that time going through the levels, exploring and stuff, the song is still playing and they're kind of like subconsciously training you on what the beat is because everything in the environment, not everything, but things around the environment will be pulsing to the beat, moving to the beat. All the NPCs that you see, they'll be moving to the beat. Chai runs to the beat. His footsteps are in the cadence. It's by the time you hit a battle, you don't have to find the beat. You've been doing it the whole time. And during the battles, they have all these other things to help you. So uh, the music picks up so you can hear the beat a little bit better. Uh, 808 is the cat that kind of floats around, gives you a visual indicator, kind of flashing a light to the beat. Um, the, there's a crowd in like the backing track. They cheer for you on the beat and so many other things. Um, when you hit an enemy, it will do a little like guitar chord uh, when you hit. And it's just all these things together combine to be like one of the friendliest action games I've ever played. Like they want you to succeed, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. And, and it was, I remember the tutorial was like, you can, there's multiple ways to be successful with your combos. Like you can hear it or the visual cues also work because they match it perfectly. And it's not like, I, I always felt like you would hit the button and then the action would happen. So then you can hit it again as the, like, instead of you hit the button and, and you hear it all, like it, there was almost a delay, if that makes sense, where you hit, yeah. you hit the X button, Chai does the attack. And then by the time it connects, you can hit it again to continue your combo on the beat. Right. Like you're pressing, like you, you press X, there's a quarter note. Mm -hmm. delay until the attack hits and then you hit you press the button again on the like strike when it yep. hits and then you have all these combos so you can um mix in your heavy attacks which take two quarter notes a half note if you will um and <laughs> uh you can um really like if if you're in the groove in this game you're in it like mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, like when you play these action games, like let's say a Devil May Cry or a Bayonetta or something, do you do combos or do you button mash? I usually find a few combos that work. Um, mm -hmm. Like in this one, I was very um, reliant on usually like XXY, then XX. Like there were, there were just a few of those where I'll find a few that I prefer or like maybe work better on certain enemies and then stick to those because there's mm -hmm. like 20 something, more, probably more combos in there's that list. Lot. And I'm like, I'm not going to be doing all that. If anything, like I, I will stick to the few I know and then I will repeat those over and over again or, and, and maybe free form with some, with some of the tethering stuff you can do in this game. And then you have your, mm -hmm. your super moves you can throw in there to mix it up. But no, I'm, I'm not one of those, like I'm going to learn down to every single combo. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily like learning every combo, but uh, I covered on the show a couple months ago, Stranger of Paradise, uh, the Final Fantasy Origin game. 
And that game is full of combos and you like customize your moves and your like magic spells and stuff based on the combos. But I just ended up doing XXXXY or XXY mm. stuff like very simple stuff like that. And that's, you know, in, in a Bayonetta, I am button mashing the fuck out of those games. I don't do any combos in this because I'm slowed down and thinking about striking on the rhythm. It was much more easy for me to also think about, okay, X, X, Y, rest, X, X, finishing mm -hmm. move. Um, and even if I'm not like memorizing combos in this game, I'm still thinking while I'm doing it, which is something I just never do. In Stranger of Paradise, I was like, oh, I've pressed X a bunch now. It's time for a finishing move on this combo. In this one, I'm like really thinking about it. And I want to give this game a lot of credit for probably being the first action game to actually make me think about my combos like that. Mm, that's interesting. Cause when I play these types of games, it's like, it, like I play, I'll play some fighting games. I'm very big into, to smash, mm. um, competitively. I used to, I used to play that game and then I'll play not the hardcore fighting games. Like, uh, you won't catch me playing a street fighter because that's a bit too, too much quarter circle and the inputs and everything but mm -hmm. i'll stick to like guilty gear i really like um persona uh ultimax I, I enjoy those games are they're a little more simplified um where you have especially in persona and something like dragon ball fighters where you get those you can hit the same button over over again you don't have to do the complicated input so that's kind of how i felt this game was um where you you could go that level deeper to have the crazy input chain or you can just simplify and hit the same button over and over again yeah yeah and if you're concerned about your score then you do want to mix up your combos and stuff like that i don't care about my letter grade in these games so i was fine just kind of kind of free-flowing combos, even mm -hmm. if I probably just did the same four combos for the entire game, I was still at least thinking about it, you know? Can I mention one thing I don't like in this Sure, game? yeah. Of course. Parries. You didn't like it. Okay. Hot take. Parry is the worst game mechanic in any video game. <laughs> I hate parrying. I will always choose to dodge. It, God of War Ragnarok, I'm going to try to dodge. Uh, mm. I'm most likely not going to hate your parries. Don't ask me to play a Souls game. I'm not going to do it. I, I tried Bloodborne a few months I ago. I remember that. Yeah. And I, no, <laughs> no. You're not, you're just not getting me to do it. I can't do parries. I'm going to mm. block or dodge every single time. And this game, especially one of the boss fights, relied heavily on parrying. And mm -hmm. I almost quit the game at that <laughs> point. I was genuine. I died multiple times. It took me forever. And I'm sitting here. I was like, maybe I'm just not good enough to play the game anymore like if this uh -huh. is what's going to be required i luckily got through it and finished it but it was uh it was very annoying for me as someone that doesn't like that mechanic mm -hmm. it's really hit and miss um i'm a bloodborne's maybe my favorite game ever i i like the parrying in there because it makes sense to me and my personal timing but in Elden Ring and Dark Souls, I can't parry. I just can't fucking do it. So I don't like it in that game. And it's really hit and miss throughout all the games I like, whether I parry or not. Uh, God of War Ragnarok, and you know, I, I did the parry in that game. It felt good to me. This one, I didn't really parry during regular combat much. 
What I did do is you do get into these parry challenges that are basically just like Simon says, uh, repeat things uh, to the beat again, always to the beat. And I enjoy those a lot, but mostly because those are like only really tough enemies or bosses do those to you. And against the really tough enemies, those are instant kill if you do them right. And those are really hard enemies if you're not doing the parry challenge. So it was like, I'm kind of getting sweaty trying to fight this big tough enemy. Then the parry challenge comes up. I'm like, oh, I can nail this and just kill this thing right away. That's, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Some of those boss fights did get tough uh, with the with the parries. It's a good time to talk about the boss fights too. Those are kind of half what you've been doing with the rhythm combat stuff, uh, especially with dodging out of the way of attacks or, or parrying. But they also all have a puzzle aspect to them too, which you, you know trying to figure out how to make them vulnerable to attacks. Um, and I, I thought that they're big spectacles. They have great music. Um, not always great as far as like boss fights went like i loved going through the game fighting the regular enemies and i love probably half the bosses and the other half i was like this fucking sucks i want this to be over yeah <laughs> i i really only disliked the parrying boss um which is funny because that care that boss is maybe my favorite character in the entire okay. game <laughs> Um, so that's a, that's a funny dichotomy there. I, uh -huh. for the most part, I didn't find any of the bosses too difficult. Um, there was one towards the end where, um, the wolf, oh, I don't think that's a spoiler, the, the, the big, you know, yeah. yeah. Not to say that there is a wolf. Yeah, there's yeah. a wolf. Um, that one, I think every time I thought I won and then it kept going, that one kind of uh -huh. worried. I was like, I, I'm I'm running low on health here. Like we need to we need to get this sorted out. So there were those those moments where I'm like, oh, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna make this one. I really don't want to do this whole fight. But I, I I persevered. I didn't think it was um anything overly difficult apart from the parrying nonsense. Right. Yeah. Maybe I was a little bit too harsh. I don't think that half of the bosses are terrible, but there were a couple that are probably just really sticking out in my head as being like. I really hated this, uh, went on too long perhaps, or, uh, I just got punished too hard for messing up while learning the fight, you know, stuff like that. But overall, uh, they're pretty good. Again, the music is great during the boss fights. Mm -hmm. uh, you often get vocals come in, uh, during the music. Um, I don't remember if it's like during specific parts of boss fights where the vocals come in, or if it's like when you're carrying an S rank, 
I can't remember, but you do get vocals sometimes. Yeah, there's there's definitely vocals. I don't know if it's tied to anything or if it just plays. I never really paid yeah. attention to that. Um, before we before we hop off gameplay, I feel like one important aspect we need to talk about is calling in your teammates. Sure. Yeah. 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 So that one, this is a mechanic where you can hit. I forget actually how you do it. One of the triggers or something. I forget. Yeah, yeah you hit, I think it's left yeah, trigger. Hit, or hit left like trigger, that. and you can call in one of your teammates who will show up in the battlefield, and then they'll either they can help you solve puzzles if you're out of battle because they each have a mm-hmm. unique ability. Like one can shoot, one can smash things, one can make wind. Um, but they can also do stuff in battle, like take down shields or. They can stun enemies for a certain amount of time. They and they get their own upgrades and stuff too. And I really liked this. Um, it did feel a little broken after you got all three of them because you could just cycle through and have all three active at once. And I was like, they're they're on cooldowns, but like you can summon one and then summon the next one yeah. and then summon the third one. And by the time the third one's out there, the cooldown's ready again. Yeah, yeah. I was literally I would just spam it constantly, and then I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna be fighting, <laughs> but like everyone else is also on the battlefield. It made it look awesome, like it was very cool, but I did feel it was a bit broken of a mechanic. Um, I don't know it. It also allowed you to do like unique combos and finishers. I don't know if you got any of those. Yeah, because you can, um, the button to summon your teammate, you can throw that into a combo mm-hmm. sometimes. Yep. And uh, that's a cool, th- I never did that because I was too busy focusing on the rhythm, but I know that you can do it. Yeah, I got a, I got a few where I didn't know that because like I would go to the shop and I would just buy everything. And I wouldn't really right, look yeah. at what it was because I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to buy it. And then I would just do that and occasionally just get like a team up combo move. And I was like, oh, that was really cool. I have no idea how I did that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I never quite did that. I did have a couple times where like there's you can summon in Peppermint and she'll shoot an enemy with her guns. Uh, you can break down shields, like you said. Uh, your summons like this often serve as like breaking down an enemy's defense or like uh, this enemy is shooting out fire. You call in someone to put out the fire so you can attack them safely. Mm -hmm. Puzzle light puzzle stuff like that. But I would often also, if I'm like nearing the end of one of these battle arenas or a boss fight and I'm real low on health, I'll just like summon in peppermint and plink them down and run around and avoid attacks while that's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Like I gotta, I gotta dodge for my life, but like also he's almost dead. So like maybe peppermint could just kill him. Yeah. Did you find this game to be difficult now that we're on this subject? Well, I was playing on easy, so I didn't find it overly difficult, um, but it wasn't meant to be on easy. So not for me. I imagine if I was on a higher difficulty, I probably would have struggled a bit more. Yeah, I I played on whatever the standard difficulty is, and there were parts that did get tough, uh, especially a couple of boss fights later in the game. And every now and then in one of these like combat gauntlets that you do, I would just like maybe get careless or something and I'd be like, oh shit, I died. I, okay, time to dial it back in uh, to try and get through this. So it's not a hard game, but it's not an easy game either. It's still got some of that like action game DNA where they're like, you you need to pay attention. You need to dodge attacks. You need to parry. You need to try and get the the damage bonus from fighting on the beat and stuff. But 
there was one boss that gave me a, a hell of a time. We'll talk about it in the spoiler section. Other than that, they were all mostly fine. Yeah. No, I, I, like I said, if I, if I was on a higher difficulty, I think I would have struggled with this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one, uh, one thing that did kind of get old for me is the way that the game is structured. The levels are structured. I'll say is you'll have exploration sections where you're kind of doing, you're doing platforming, third person platforming, picking up collectibles really reminded me of ratchet and clank. You're picking up nuts and bolts. That's probably why. But it's also the same kind of thing in Ratchet and Clank. Platforming, Mm -hmm. doing some light puzzle solving, picking up stuff. And then you come to these battle gauntlets. And a level will have a lot of these like battle arenas. And there's just, there's not enough variety in the game where like in the last couple levels, we started to get into like the battle gauntlets and it's like, I've seen these same enemies now yep. like 30, 40, 50 times. I'm tired of fighting these things and it doesn't matter what combination you put them in. I don't want to fight any more of these things. It started to kind of feel that way later in the game. Luckily the game ended like mm-hmm. an hour or two later, but I did feel that. Yeah, no, I, I would echo that as well because I, I definitely thought that the game, I was like, if this goes on too much longer, it's running the risk of like, uh, getting into too bad pacing but then luckily because yeah. i do feel there is a lull in the middle where you start off really strong the first opening levels and then you kind of get into a little lull and then they pick it back up for that i'd say the last three levels i think are really well done especially the last two especially i think are, are fantastic but um mm-hmm. they, they pick it back up so there is that little lull where as you were saying you know, how many times can I kill the same colored robots that are are not really going to put up a challenge? Or, oh, you threw a big guy in there this time. Like, what a what a surprise. I haven't seen that in 10 mm-hmm. minutes. Like, <laughs> let's let's move this along. Let's let's get this going. Um, and then you'd break up that monotony with I, I don't know if it's it's not the most exciting platforming. Um, also, because I, I don't think the game is meant to be a like it has platforming elements but it's not really a platformer like it doesn't control as well as a platformer like a straight platformer should control like it's a little bit off yeah it's a a little bit off like chai feels just a bit weird when he's jumping and like moving through the air out of combat there were just enough times where i thought i had timed up a jump correctly and i was just short Mm -hmm. like just enough of those where I was like, you know, this it's it's fine as a platformer and, you know, doing all these like bonus things like sliding on rails and like, uh, you know, uh, which are fun the, zip zip lining. That's the word. Those are fun. Um, and solving the puzzles around it's it's engaging. There's a lot of timed puzzles, too. That's where I started to feel like the. I thought I made the jump right and I was just a couple inches short and it just happened a little bit too often. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed going through the levels and exploring. I felt rewarded for exploring. It was really when they're like, all right, platforming time. I was like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, there were, especially towards the, I know there were a few lava sections um, where you had yeah. uh, you, your timing for like when the rocks came up and if you didn't jump at the right time, like, or you didn't jump and dash then you weren't going to make the jumps appropriately like there were a few times where Mm -hmm. i fell and i was like i should have made that why didn't why didn't i make that um so like you said it's just a little bit off in that but uh, i mean it's 
I would I would have liked to see a, a few less empty hallways. Uh, they're not empty because you get the boxes where you smash, and then you get that like there's a few NPCs to talk to, which are all are all well and good. But there there are little parts where I was like, we could have uh, cut this level down a little, or like taken out this little walkway section just to just to speed things up a bit. Yeah, there there were a couple times where, like I, I don't know if this game really needs to have levels that are like an hour long because mm-hmm. there were a couple that are legitimately an hour long yeah which f- you start to feel it when it's like explore break boxes get these treats and then combat arena and then you repeat that seven times and then you fight the boss uh sometimes that did start to wear on me but like i said it does as soon as i started to feel that way then it was like okay we're going we're ramping up toward the ending right now and then the last couple levels or at least the last level i think is just the boss fight it's not you know these exploring and platforming things anymore so it's once i started to feel that way then the game was like hey you're feeling that way huh let's wrap this up yeah i would if we're looking at the track list because there's 12 levels or 12 tracks is what they call them i would say that and i'm just looking at them and i know track seven and eight i think are really the ones where it's like this is this or maybe six two to extent so like i said that middle section can get a bit of a lull but if you can if you can just get get by that because then the last few are really really fun especially one where uh, maybe i'll touch on the spoilers but there is a a part in here that was just it was so good to, to just play at the end mm-hmm. yeah and to be clear like bringing this up as something that I felt during my experience, but like if I'm going to make a pie chart of like Dave's having the best time versus Dave's feeling a little tired, it's like mm-hmm. 95% Dave's having the best time playing yes, this. Like yeah. wide grin while playing this game for most of it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I would feel <laughs> I would feel the same way, um, especially because this game came out when I was meant, I was playing Fire Emblem Engage and then I was like, I don't want to play Fire Emblem Engage right now. I want to play <laughs> Hi-Fi Rush. And it was like, mainly that has to do with Hi-Fi Rush being great, but also I think Fire Emblem Engage was not very good, uh, unfortunately. So mm. there, there was also that part of it where I finished both of them, but Hi-Fi Rush was a much better experience. And that one was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, and I was moving. And I remember I beat this game on the Friday. I like finished moving everything in. I sat down and I was like, I'm going to play Hi-Fi Rush for the next four hours. Hell yeah. I just beat it. <laughs> yeah, this um, this is a real breath of fresh air. Like, we mentioned it at the top, but it's, it's just such a unique game in so many ways from the way this gameplay works that we described to the presentation, the music, uh, the rhythm aspect to it, the, the, the humor and goofiness of it all. It, it really felt like, you know... I don't know what I was playing at the same time as this, like trying to think back. This was, this came out in like January or something. So maybe I was, I was like playing tunic or something like that. And it was just like, anytime I was thinking like, do I want to pick up tunic again? I think I'd rather play hi-fi rush right now. Like one of those games just felt great. Yeah, no, I would, I would say the same. Yeah. So I think that's a good time to get into some final thoughts and recommendations for hi-fi rush so at the end here we'll always just ask the question kevin who would you recommend hi-fi rush to 
Uh, I would recommend Hi-Fi Rush to everyone, actually. <laughs> um, I think normally these are the games where it's like if you if you aren't a rhythm fan or you aren't a, a fan of action games, then maybe don't pick this up. But I feel like because you, you can play on easy mode and you don't get punished and it is very accessible that like there's really no reason to exclude anyone from this game unless for some reason you really can't stand the art style or, or something with the story doesn't... <laughs> sit well with you but the game it's just fun it's lighthearted, and there's really no reason for me not to say everyone can enjoy this because i think this is a game that can appeal to everyone yeah it does have a little something that like if you're an action game fan like character action game fan if you love bayonetta devil may cry and metal gear rising play this because it's got that for you um and i do think that like the amount of combos the amount of upgrades the amount of ways you can approach combat situations, getting into air juggling and all that stuff. So if you're a sicko for that kind of stuff, getting the S ranks, I think that this game will support that for you. Uh, so that type of person, for sure. If you like rhythm games, absolutely play this. If you want to like rhythm games, but are not normally <laughs> good at them, this is another game uh, for you because of all those ways that they're just like, hey, you know, fighting along uh, with the beat of a song, might be pretty difficult for a lot of people for various different reasons. Here's 15 ways we're going to make it easier for you. Uh, so that's great. And, you know, aside from just like those specific groups of people, if you're always looking for unique video games, games that are, if you're looking for passion projects, like you said earlier, Kevin, Hi-Fi Rush is just like a poster child for someone had this cool idea and they were like, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make it the best it can possibly be, or this team work together on it. Uh, and the result is just so great that if you value video games that are like, you know, not like other stuff that's out there in the landscape, got to try this. It's, it's just really great. Absolutely. So before getting into spoilers, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping here. So uh, Kevin, again, I'm going to put a, a link down in the show notes for uh, Save the Game podcast and YouTube channel and stuff. But is there anywhere else people should look for you, social media, stuff like that? Yeah, if you want to come follow us over on Twitter, um, that's probably our primary social media platform. It's at Save Game Media. No, the, just at Save Game Media. Stay up to date whenever we post new stuff. Uh, you can find us, again, on YouTube at Save the Game Media. We're on every podcast feed. Uh, if you probably type in Save the Game Media, you'll get every show that we put on there, but they each have their own feed. So if, say, you're only interested in Xbox or PlayStation, you can just go to that curated feed and just mm -hmm. have that there for you. So uh, all that is taken care of. Just come on over, hang out. We have a Discord you can come join uh, if you want to chat with us some more. And if you want to follow my weird ramblings and, and <laughs> answer polls like, do you prefer Crash Bandicoot or The Division? Uh, my Twitter is <laughs> at the Muffinmon. That's over on Twitter. It's a uh, one is seven, I and O and seven A. Gotcha. Yeah. So the podcasts have something for a lot of different people. You've got you've got game reviews. You've got the news. Uh, so whatever you want in those specific uh, niches, save the games. Got you covered. So for Tales from the Backlog, it's the same podcast stuff as always. Really appreciate ratings and reviews if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podcast Addict. Um, that would be really appreciated. There's also a Patreon page if you want to support monetarily and get some cool treats like the ability to vote on 
uh, games that come up on the show, bonus episodes, stuff like that. That's also appreciated, but certainly not uh, pushing that on anybody. I also do a show called a top three podcast where each episode, uh, my three best friends and I do top three lists together. It's a much different vibe from this show. Um, if you want to hear me talk about things that are not video games, that's the place to do it. That's a top three podcast. Uh, so yeah, join the discord server. Also come in and talk about hi-fi rush with everyone this week. I know we've got a lot of people in there that played it, loved it. Uh, we would love to have you. So Kevin and I are going to take a break. When we come back, it's full spoiler time for Hi-Fi Rush. All right, Kevin and I are back, and it's time for full spoiler time for Hi-Fi Rush. And this is not the most spoilable game, so if you wandered in here by accident, maybe leave if you don't want to know what happens in the story or don't want us to talk shop about bosses, but not the most spoilable game that we've had on the show so far. So we'll just kind of start this off. Kevin, you have any favorite bosses, favorite levels, anything that really stuck out to you as, like, really awesome? Um, I do. So I would say that my favorite boss, and I don't even know if you would call this a boss, but it is at the end of the game where you have to take down that giant robot. Yeah. And yeah. (laughs) And then you actually play as the robot uh, side character that's been with you the whole time, which is like... He's been talking shit to you the whole time, too. (laughs) It's hilarious because it puts you... It's like no one else can get to the the little device that you need to take down the road. And he's like, I can do it. And then it almost gives you a tutorial again. It's like, jump. And I was like, yo, what are we doing here? Like, you played the whole game as Chai. Now you're playing as this silly robot guy. Yeah. I, I really like that. That was a good like moment in the game for me. I think my other big standout and this, like I said, my least favorite boss fight was against uh, Corsica, which yeah, I just I did not like the parrying. But she's my favorite character in this game by far. Like she wasn't a character I knew was going to join the part. Like that was a surprise to me. And right. I like I like that because she didn't seem evil like the rest of them. And then just her personality and everything, the way she progresses throughout the game. I was like, I love where they went with this character. Like this is I'm really glad that they just incorporated her into the game um, as more than just a, a throwaway boss. Yeah, that one was fun. Like not a I think I got burned like. It's either the fight before that or the fight after it when you fight Mimosa, which is like really hard uh, for me. And then the Corsica fight was not that hard. I, I don't know if some, something about it, like the parrying in it, I was just like, I was locked in, uh, yeah. in the zone for it. So that was fun. Um, but I did like how, like you said, they kind of, before you fight her, you have some conversations where you can tell that like she doubts that everything that Vandalay has been telling her is true. And so they kind of foreshadowed that she's going to be able to be turned and join the party. So that was cool. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I thought the Mimosa fight, like I said, was really difficult. It's my least favorite fight in the game. Um, I just had a really hard time reading what was going to happen. So if I let, let's 
just say hypothetically I died 30 times in this game, half of them were in this boss fight. I just like couldn't get it for the longest time. Like way past the point of like, I'm enjoying the challenge of learning a boss fight. And now it's like, I don't know what else I can do. I'm just mad now. Like it's the only time this game ever put me in that spot. Mimosa is the concert boss, right? right the concert. I love that boss fight. <laughs> the spectacle's great. I hated the boss fight part of it. Like the oh, okay. the scene is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I really I was like, this is it's funny because like the crowd is like cheering and you're like basically killing who they're there to see, right? Like, right. It, it, <laughs> yeah. And it, it came after like what I thought was a pretty lackluster level. I because I, the level was was more so like this is the history of Vandalay and like you get some reveals in there like that uh, Kale is Peppermint's brother, which right. How could we have ever seen that coming? The only two characters with the same skin tone in the whole game are related. <laughs> it's so yeah. obvious. But then you get that boss fight and that that really it, that elevated it for me. I really like that boss fight. Uh, the way you say that makes it sound like it's the most obvious thing in the world. But like I am just continually never ready for a twist in anything <laughs> I play or watch. If there's a twist, I will get fooled by it. And <laughs> this one, too. Didn't see it coming. Oh, that's so funny to me because I knew immediately, like as soon as I met both of them, I was like, oh, that's that's her brother. Right. Like, yeah. it, it, And I'm sure in retrospect, you're like, how did I not see it? Like well, it's, now that it's, you explain it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like when I'm playing, I'm never I'm not that observant like that. that. No, no. Like I can't think of a game recently that had a big twist that I saw coming. I am surprised by them every single time. I just, I'm pre- I'm good at predicting this kind of stuff. So for me, uh, I felt this one was pretty on the nose, but mm-hmm. um, I, there were, there were a few good moments. Like I didn't know why, like why he was going against the family. All right. Because like. Kale, you mean? Yeah. Kale. Yeah. Why Kale was going against his family. Cause that's clearly not like <laughs> what the rest of his family wanted the company to be. He kind of went all maniacal. Yeah. Just, you know, evil CEO's kid or whatever, you know, something like that. It's, it's not a story that like I was ever like, Hey, I wonder why they're doing that when I was playing. I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm here for the ride. This is, this is just a fun little roller coaster we're going on. And that's why I think there isn't much to spoil about the story because it is basically as straightforward as it sounds like stop evil corporation from taking over the world. Yeah. And that, I mean, that Scott Pilgrim analogy that you made earlier is perfect because now that we're in the spoiler section, you're literally just going from like manager to manager to manager, beating the shit out of them and then getting to kale at the end. I didn't even think of it like you go for X to A. I didn't, uh, that's yeah. not it. I just meant like the the humor and, and yeah, everything. Like, that, that too. Is, Instead of right. beating up the ex-boyfriends, you're beating up the the department heads. That's, that's what you're doing. In Hi-Fi Rush, you beat up the ex-boyfriends of Peppermint. New game. <laughs> right. So uh, I, there was a nice moment while we're on the subject of the story. There's a, a part where everyone gets trapped in like this energy prison cell or something like that. And there's a nice like power of friendship moment, you know, the, mm-hmm. the cliche, but it's really nice because everyone's like 
they're not mean to Chai throughout the game, but they they certainly don't believe in him for the entire game. And then we have this moment where everyone's like, Chai, we believe in you. You can do this. And he breaks them out. And then you go basically finish the game. Uh, so that was like the one moment where I was like, oh, that was pretty sweet. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a heartwarming moment, especially because, like you said, they tease him a lot throughout the game. And he brings it upon himself because he yeah, is kind yeah. of he's not the smartest human being at, at certain points. So the things he says or does, um, yeah. it always works out for him because he's got that happy go lucky, uh, main protagonist plot armor. But that moment, it's funny because you have to do like some rhythm stuff during it, right? Like they mm-hmm. they do, they incorporate a gameplay element to break through, like with the power of friendship. And I messed it up. So oh, I, was no. like, oh, no. I was like, Oh no, they're going <laughs> to stop believing me. But like, it didn't even matter if you messed it up. Like they still just like with the power of friendship, you, you bust it out. And I was right. like, this is, this is very anime. And it's funny because the only anime I tend to watch are the shonen anime where everything is done with the power of friendship. So okay. it felt very, <laughs> very familiar to me. Yeah, I don't um, I don't watch a lot of anime, but I do play a lot of JRPGs uh, where that's also another thing um, where with the power of friendship, you too can attack and dethrone God. So th- not in this game, but <laughs> don't you know, I know it. Yeah, I know, I know. I know it. Um, uh, let's see other boss fights. Uh, you mentioned, um, the wolf Rochefort mm-hmm. is his name. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a three musketeers reference or, uh, Monte Cristo. One of the two, I can't remember. That was, uh, another cool spectacle fight. One that I, I didn't really love because all three fights were basically the same thing, but I did like fighting in the Scrooge McDuck vault of gold yes. coins uh, at the end. <laughs> yes. Cause he's like the, the, the treasurer or something of the company, uh, so that was cool. I, I enjoyed that spectacle. Fighting the giant wolf is fun. Um, they mix up the bosses. I think the first one is um, like a a giant robot that you fight. The first or mm-hmm. second boss, something like that. Really cool spectacle in those. And then the final boss against Kale was kind of like a bit of a letdown. Like not as much spectacle as I would have hoped, but it does go on for a while. There's a bunch of different phases to it. So it felt properly like difficult from a gameplay perspective, but after fighting a giant mech wolf, uh, just a couple of bosses earlier, it mm-hmm. was a bit, a bit like, you're just fighting a guy in that he's doing a Dr. Octopus thing. In I fight. was literally just about to say Dr. Octopus yeah. <laughs> shows up at the end. Uh, and it, it's funny because like he has a few phases where like, and then he gets to his Dr. Octopus thing, I think it's second or third phase, but, I couldn't figure out how to damage his little like snake arms for the longest time. I was like, mm-hmm. what, what do I, what do I do here? So I just, eventually I just started spamming all my, uh, call in for the, for the side characters until mm-hmm. their arms started falling off. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but <laughs> it's working now. So that, that fight wasn't my favorite. Wasn't yeah, my favorite in the game. Not my favorite. Just kind of like a final test, like, how quickly can you identify which teammate to call in and then call them in so you can break down the barriers so you can go hurt him, basically. Uh, but it's fine. Do you have anything else from the game that really stood out as something you want to mention? Not that I can remember. I think I I think I mentioned that my big my big ones with with the the big robot and then uh, Corsica and yeah. Those are those are my big sticking points for me that I fully remember. I know, I know there were a few, like 
I didn't do any of those doors, right? Like yep. where you had to go. I didn't do any of those. I was like, eh, I'm moving on to my next game. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really do this anymore. Yeah, I. So I, I was intrigued, like when I beat the game and they said, like, there's more content. If you go back in the levels, I was like, oh, cool. We're going to have like secret boss fights or stuff like that. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to going to save that like a couple days before I do the podcast. I'm going to fire it back up. I'm going to go do those doors. And then I did the first level. I couldn't find the door. So then I looked in the guide (laughs) and it was like, yeah, you find the door and you go do these combat arena challenges. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. I I don't, I don't like combat arena challenges. So no thanks. Yeah, no, that's exactly how I feel. I was like, I'm not, (laughs) I don't have time for that. I, I beat the game. I did, I did everything I wanted to do. Um, yeah, no, it's nothing, nothing else for me. I, I really enjoyed my time with it. Yeah, same here. Um, it's a, this might, I think this is the shortest episode of the show yet. Um, we got into the, the meat of the gameplay, um, which is what I really wanted to talk about here is, is the gameplay in this game and the music and stuff like that. Um, cool nine inch nails in the last boss fight. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Again, one of the only licensed songs that I recognize. There were others that played, like, because they'll put the the title card up and say a Hi-Fi Rush original for the songs um, that are not Nine Inch Nails or the Black Keys and stuff like that. Um, I forgot to shout out. I'll say it now. Uh, the OST is created by uh, three people who have the credit for it. Um, Shuichi Kobori, Reo Uratani, and Masatoshi Yanagi. And... Um, they did a great job. Uh, again, I just want to bring that up, mention them by name. Of course, when I'm playing a game and I hear Nine Inch Nails or the Black Keys, I'm like, fuck yeah, awesome. But the original music was also great. So mm-hmm. good moment in the Kale fight of um, the Nine Inch Nails song. And I forget the song. It's not uh, It's not Closer. It's another one. <laughs> imagine can you closer. imagine closer yeah i wonder if uh, i wonder if there's gonna be a mod scene where people put different songs into the game and just kind of like adjust the beat of everything um to yeah, that would be awesome the if the modding community did something like that yeah i'm imagining um like dragon force playing and that's like ultra oh hard mode for this God. game. <laughs> all your attacks are useless yeah um so yeah this is this has been a good time. Um, short episode, but quality nonetheless. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm glad I could talk about spread the word of of Hi-Fi Rush because yeah. I know uh, Ethan and I did our own review uh, a while back on it, and we were both really high on it over on on my channel. So I'm glad to know that other people love the game just as much as I do. Yeah, absolutely. And like by the time this episode comes out, Hi-Fi Rush will be like firmly it's already lost its like release buzz but it will be firmly in backlog territory for people so hopefully this episode and like the amount of praise that we heaped on it will inspire some people to go pick it up um it'll probably still be on game pass otherwise like you said it's not a 70 dollar new game so hopefully people give it a shot it's great it's first party it's never leaving game pass people okay there we go that's right published by bethesda so yeah Hell yeah. No re- and it's only 10 hours long, as we said. No reason not to play it. That's a quick backlog checklist. Exactly. That is um, such a selling point when someone is like, this game's great and it's 10 hours long. I'm like, all right, where do I sign? I love 
those shorter experiences. Yeah. Like, give me, I will take, people are always complaining, like, I don't want to pay $70 for a, a 12 hour game. I was like, I will pay you more money to make the game shorter. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want, like, don't give me a hundred hours. I don't want to play a hundred hours of any game these days. Give me maximum 20. All right. See, so we're recording this in April and I am preparing for a hundred hours of Tears of the Kingdom, but Ooh. I'm like, I'm ready for that. I want it. But any five, 10, 15 hour game that's, that's worth a play. I it's, it's so much more likely that I'm going to play that than, you know, Hey, I think you would like this. It's 70 hours long. I'm like, whew. I mean, maybe I will, but maybe I won't. But I think you like this and it's 10 hours long. Hell yeah. I go very much between, I play three genres primarily. I play linear story story games, which this is very much in, in that camp, um, which are like those 10 hour experiences um mm-hmm. and then i play platformers which are not very long like six eight hour experiences uh-huh. and then <laughs> i play jrpgs right <laughs> no in between i go from 10 to 40 in a drop of the dime right yeah kind of kind of same from being on, on a big jrpg kick uh lately and CRPGs too, which people are going to hear in the coming months as I play through Baldur's Gate and stuff like that. Ooh. Those are big games. So again, always appreciate these. And again, I appreciate you coming on, Kevin, everyone out there listening, check out Save the Game. You will find whatever you want, wherever you play your games, Save the Game has you covered. So again, down in the show notes, you'll find a link, highly recommended. So thank you everybody for listening. Tune in next week for the next game to come out of the backlog.